On this episode of the Heartland Pod for Monday, October 23rd, 2023, Missouri's 2024 Senate race and beyond, a shady campaign donation, potentially quid pro quo in Missouri, update on the Trump legal universe, and red states scrambling to fix major voting issues. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome to the Heartland Pod, where we are working together to change the conversation in politics. This is the Monday show. We're talking politics here, chopping it up, going back and forth, a little what have you, little little back and back and forth, to and fro. I am here. I'm Adam Summer, and I'm with my co-hosts, as always, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller. Sean, uh, how the week treats you? And I know you had a day at home, and uh, everybody wants to know, relaxing or completely unrelaxing because you were at home by yourself all day being anxious right <laughs> what would i be anxious about um, the fact that you're not getting anything done no yeah it was great not getting anything done i um i had uh i had applied some uh i had sown some uh, perennial ryegrass about a week ago um some overseeding uh sown so uh i leisurely watered that for a little while and then um, I went inside and I thought about looking at FEC filings, but instead I just scrolled through the dozens and dozens and dozens of hilarious cast members of Bob's Burgers on IMDb. There you go. Um, and and then yeah, that brought me all the way here. That's not a bad way. To, not a bad way to do it. No, did you wind up catching that the Isbell concert yet? Those no, the no. streamed. Yeah, <laughs> I did not. Interesting. I'll be, it'll be fun to get your thoughts. We watched that uh, last night on Saturday night. It was very cool. Rachel Parker, how about you? How's the week? And uh, oh, Sean, what are you sipping on? Black black coffee with ice. There it is, with ice. Rachel Parker, how was the week, uh, the weekend, and what you sipping on? The week was good. Thank you so much. Um, and our friend is here. One of our really dear friends came through town. They're going to go to a concert, he and my husband. Uh, so Elliot's first concert since 2019. Yeah. So that's great. Um, Is he in Madonna? Or who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going <laughs> to drive to catch the Chicago show. Um, he's going to go see Yes. Don't sleep on 25 like, or 60. Nice. Which is like the, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know. That's not say if it's a polar opposite of Madonna, but it's certainly not. Like I'm just trying to think of yes the is average. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So he's that's Elliot's yeah. fan. So he's tell you who's a that. yes fan. Uh, neighbor Derek, big yes fan. That's oh, right. Really? They talked. They they yeah. bonded. They already he has guessed. seen yes. Yeah. Yeah, they already yesed together. I heard that happening <laughs> the last last January third. Yeah. Uh, that we were there. Um, so that's cool. And like today, we just kind of did all kinds of like let's go outside things. Went to the botanical garden and trekked around. Uh, took our pal there. He was impressed. As many people typically are with our yeah. garden, and uh, and then we went and had uh, lunch at the factory here in the not the factory. What am I trying to say? What is it really? The foundry. The Jesus foundry. Yeah. There's also the factory, which is in Chesterfield. That's where the yes show is. This is a legit slip up. And we went to the foundry. And for those who are local, I can't recommend it enough. Sureste, uh, my God. I will take both of you. They now have brick and mortar uh, in Southampton, I think is where it is. I can't wait to go check it out. Um, but the, yeah, the next time you're at the foundry, eat it to your rest day and get the pork belly tacos. Just mm. do that. Just you, there's going to be a whole menu of things. Were they kind of crispy? 
Was there a little crisp for the pork belly? Uh, I just need to talk about all the things that are on it, which is like pickled green tomato okay. and this salsa and this like green salsa. So it's southern. So it's Oaxacan. It's like way south, like way down at the bottom of yeah, the uh, yeah. continent. And so it's a super different flavor profile. I think a lot of like the Midwest. I'm not saying it's like, oh, my God, I like lived in color. Like this is not Yucatani Peninsulan food is not popular in uh, in L.A. either. It's like it's it's that's right. more uh, northern Mexico. Anyway, so it's super delicious and you should all try it. But get the elote and get the pork belly tacos. Yeah. And then I came home and started drinking beer with my friend and now it's we're a few hours into that and we're just gonna see how it goes we're just gonna see all right cool yeah we stumbled on a a yucatani place in the middle of mississippi on our way back from the beach this this past summer and it was fantastic it was just phenomenal so for people who don't like for some cult like cochinia de pibil is from like way down there that's where that's like that's their regional pork dish um yeah so if you yeah it's delicious stuff uh, oh, and I'm drinking a Yingling because why stop the train now? There you go. My question, right? Yeah. Like, why nice. stop yeah, the train Yingling now? Is fantastic, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah, I like it. The, a lot. the Yingling light is sneaky delicious. Summer That's what beer. you were Just, saying. I can't oh find God. it. I can't find yeah. it anywhere. It's great. All right. It's good great. to know. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh. Crazy. Just busy week. Good. Kind of a normal but busy week. Um. Which is I don't know. I have three kids in a law practice, so like whatever. Um. And then. Uh, uh, good weekend though. Uh, Isbell had a streaming concert, and so even though I just saw him last week, he was streaming live from the Ryman. So we got out the uh, the big blow up screen uh, that my wife got me a couple Christmases ago, and I got the projector out and my PA system, and uh, did a little backyard bonfire. Nice. Jason Isbell theater streaming that. on the screen. I love that for you. That's it was awesome. very cool. And his opener was was so cool. It was uh, Adim the artist who is a deconstructed former Southern Baptist now turned uh, pansexual uh, musician. And he looks like he's like if, if John Prine uh, like dr- tried to dress like, like Prince and B Arthur at the same time. Uh, and then was like fat washed in Bob Dylan. Like that's, that's basically who this guy is <laughs> and, and it's really, really, really cool and really good. And, uh, it was just a very interesting, so yeah, a deem the artist, check, check it I out. Felt like, it sounded like the Decemberist, but like zero pretentiousness, which like <laughs> is quite a shift from yeah. regular Decemberist. You, the Decemberist, yeah, take, but all the rhymes are accidental. If you take, yeah, if you take, yeah, if you take the pretension out of the Decemberist, Sean, it's kind of like. When you it's very like stripped power down. Yeah, we just like kinda like when you when you power wash an old rusted car. Like when you just like you like you power wash all the rust off of an old car and the engine block just like lands on the pavement. Anyway. Well, I'm glad well, we could uh, bond over that. Um, We've yeah, never we had, had a, a discussion little, about the pretentiousness of the Decemberists, and I'm surprised, well, like, honestly. Know, like for people <laughs> who are my age, like the a lot of the stuff, the kind of indie rock, whatever, that kind of stuff that I liked when I was like in my early thirties, you guys were in high school by then. Yeah. So there's there is crossover between yeah. like what like smart 30 something year olds like shared with like smart teenagers. Like there's a lot of overlap. Like, yeah. Oh, we, I definitely like, listened yeah. to the Decemberist for a sure. while. And then one day I was listening to it and I was like, That's do enough. I hate this? That's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it just that. like things happen one sucks. day. I was like, is this bad music? And I, <laughs> and I thought it was good, but it's not good. Anyway. Um, speaking of things that nobody thinks is good. 
uh, Josh Hawley. So that's uh, the, the transition. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very this much. This guy sucks. I'm yeah. here all week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me hit the button. True or false. All right. The true or false, however, uh, while we can all basically agree that Josh Hawley sucks, uh, the true or false is the Missouri Senate race matters for 2024. It's a simple true or false. Does it matter uh, for 2024? Can I make Can I make an unusual request for sure. this one true or false? Yeah. Can you talk about what it says? The Cook Political Report. Sure. Recent polling has said before sure. Sean and I answer that question on sure. to, in a mic. Okay, thanks. That'd be great. So yeah, the the, the context for this. Uh, an Emerson College poll came out. This is one poll. Never take one poll and stop looking. That's not always the answer. It's like, you know, taking one test on something and assuming you'll never be able to learn it. But it's not a very good poll uh, if you're hoping to beat Josh Hawley. So what this Emerson College poll says is that between Hawley and Kuntz, uh, 45% Hawley, 32% Kuntz, 17% undecided, 5% someone else. So there's enough there, 17%, uh, to make up the ground that uh, Kuntz would need to get to Holly. But if you can do basic arithmetic, uh, Rachel, 45 minus 32. Do you know what that number is? It's not, yeah, it's 12, right? Wait. Wait, sorry. So I think 13. I, I told, 13. I yeah, sorry. I, I got stuck on the you, two. I was like, 13. what? <laughs> I'm glad there was a long pause. I was looking I at 32 and trying to say the number, and I said 12. You asked the person that's had, this is like. <laughs> sorry, you didn't tell me you've been I'm drinking. In, I'm, I'm about four in. So it's like, don't ask me hard math questions that's right fair. now, sir. That's fair. I'm still stuck on the Chiefs passing yards today. It was a very good game. So 13%. (laughs) So that leaves us 4% is what I was getting at. It leaves us 4% margin with the undecided voters. So it means that Koontz would have to take 13% of that 17%, which is a lot of the undecided voters. That's a lot of percents. And that's just to tie. It's early. It's early. Right. That's just to tie. But then if you look at, you know, I've made the case, uh, we've talked about it before, uh, that Kuhn should be the one running, that there shouldn't be a serious primary because it would be better. But then you flip the coin over and it's Holly versus Bell, uh, Wesley Bell, 34% Bell, 44% Holly. So it's actually slightly tighter at 10% versus that 13% number, still with 17% undecided. So what, and 5% someone else, which means that basically Bell was just polling from Holly uh, in this poll. So that's a very interesting thing to me. Um, nobody else really registers in a way that matters. So, uh, that's what, that's the two to talk about. So that polling suggests that it's not going to go very, very well. Cook political report uh, with Amy Walter, which is one of the smartest websites on the entirety of the internet. Uh, and is one of the websites I do pay to access unlike Twitter, uh, because it is worth paying for. And it says race rating solid R, uh, and this is the race summary, this one sentence. 2022 Democratic candidate Lucas Coons, who fell short in the Senate primary last year, has already announced he will challenge Hawley. Period. That's the that's the race summary that it provides uh, when you when you click on the race. Uh, let me let me pull this one up. There was uh, 
this is this is from the blurb on the race analysis. Eventual Democratic nominee Trudy Bush Valentine finished 13 points. That's an interesting number. Remember that number just from a minute ago? Uh, 13 points behind Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt in November. Koontz, a Marine veteran who was deployed several times to Iraq and Afghanistan, has developed a progressive following online. But the show-me state is just too Republican for him to have a viable shot, especially with so many better GOP targets this cycle. So that is the set up for uh, the question, does it matter? I come down on the side of true that it does matter. I still think that it matters. I think that Josh Hawley is that unpopular. I think that it is not crazy to think that with 17% undecided that the vast majority of those people could decide that not Josh Hawley is a great option on their ballot because I think sometimes that's what a race can be. It doesn't have to be a viable alternative. It has to be an alternative. And I think that in this particular case, who the candidate is may become irrelevant as long as they can run a ground game to get their name ID out there and have enough money to be on the Chiefs games in October next year. Um, when, you know, when people are thinking about voting for this race. So that's where I come down on it. Uh, Sean, let me toss it to you before Rachel on this one. Yeah, so I think it's true that the Missouri Senate race can matter and the governor's race and the AG race for yeah. that matter. Um the uh the question of abortion, you know, I think is is really central in, you know, every state in 2024, but when I think of when has a Democrat won a Senate race in Missouri? It's mm-hmm. it's when Todd Aiken proved himself completely out of touch on, on the issue rights. of abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it really, especially in a place where the government is so bad and like there's so little reason for like disaffected working class people to show up and vote. You know, it's like, why exactly? What the hell is Lucas Kuntz going to do for me? (laughs) It's a fair question, right? Right. And so, you know, protecting abortion rights at the federal level is a way to answer that question. So I think, you know, it's I just looked on FEC and Lucas has outraised Josh Hawley so far. Yeah. Um, Koontz has raised 3.8 million. Hawley's raised 3.6 million. So if if he can spend that money effectively and drive up Hawley's negatives and really, you know, convince people of the stakes, it would be interesting to see if these poll numbers change. Um, you know, it's a nice it's good to know where you're coming from a year out. Um, you know, that's a good amount of ground to make up. Did you happen to see Sean the uh, numbers for any other of the Democratic candidates on the FEC? I didn't. I didn't look that up. But if you had it um, handy, so if it's Wesley, even... yeah, I've got it up. He's raised two hundred eighty-one thousand dollars. Right. Um, but I didn't. Look and at and how much did Lucas raise? Uh, three point eight million so far. Well, those numbers seem pretty different to me. Rachel, what do you think about the the difference in those numbers? But but the broader question in general. Well, so here's the here's where where I'll contextualize my answer that um that it is extremely difficult for democrats to raise money in missouri i just uh there was a missouri independent story that i read late in the week that kind of stacked up kehoe versus quate like mike kehoe raked in more money than any of the gubernatorial candidates more than ashcroft and it's not even like it's not even close yeah he and and rex singfeld has pumped what 25 
million like or something. Or something. Yeah, so lot. it's an obscene amount of money. It's a lot of money. He's pumped a yeah, ton of I, money into I, that. So Yeah, I thought so, this cycle he was already at a quarter million on this cycle, but that, that could be another yeah, one of the rich guys yeah. that I'm confusing no, he's, the reports he's, on. He's, yeah, so he'll spend millions. So that's that's where we but I don't know. I think for these some of these big donors, this is what I'll say about how so I'll say I'll say true too because it has to that's just kind of where i come down is like it has to matter it matters to us right you know it matters to uh kind of the side of law and order because josh Halley's already kind of basically on the record as being like oh laws are so irrelevant to me well it does feel like one of those races where you know we have plenty of folks who listen to this show who aren't in missouri and i imagine this is still an interesting topic because of Halley's national profile we've you know oh i get he text became all... infamous I... I think like so not to cut you off Adam but like on the subject of like raising money and how important it is like I've had friends from LA contact me and say tell me about this Lucas guy like is he somebody right. who I should give a donation to so that means that his name brand like the, his credential or his at least like his story is hitting those donor lists out on the west coast already and he's already kind of like has some and that's that's where he's going to have to get money from. There's not going to be any money for him inside of the state. For any Democrat, there's no money inside of the state of Missouri for you. I'm sorry, there right. just isn't. So you have to go outside of the state. And um, if he's someone that can do that, and if he's someone who, I think his Run Josh Run ad was great. I think like he's a lot more creative this time than he was last time. That's my sense. Um, but what the polling from that one poll again shows you is that I don't think that people that those are just people that are just going to vote for someone who isn't Josh Howley. Right. And they're like, Oh, what's that you say? There's options. That's great. Uh, I don't necessarily know that people in Missouri know the difference between, you know, the bigger names on, you know, whether it's what's, whether it's well, uh, Wesley or, or Lucas, but um, I don't know. Like the, when I go back to Howley, here's something I come back to all the time that he sort of was given offices Mm -hmm. right they were like here's here's your clerkship for the chief justice of the united states supreme court here's your ag job after you get to like teach at a, a university after you've already gotten to kind of like hobby lobby yourself into the names of conservative circles yep here's the president of the united states uh stumping for you when you said that you weren't going to resign from the ag's office before your term was over and to drown out the unbearable din of your lie and your hypocrisy, they brought Sean Hannity. And that, <laughs> like, is... I don't... I mean, I don't... The... I don't... First of all, is Donald Trump going to campaign for Josh? I don't know. That's... That maybe. I don't know. If Trump can... Well, it's too early to tell what that whole shit show is going to be like. I don't think I have any wisdom there to offer except to say, like, <laughs> he could. I don't know. I yeah. would he think could, yes. Yeah, Especially possible. Yeah, I would think so. Absolutely, months. it's it's possible. Trump this is Missouri. a safe. There's going to yeah, be a primary. Yeah, like it, and like, listen, Trump will just get love through here. He could just like, and he's so vain, and right. Howley will lick his bass, and all these Trumpy people will lick his Ashcroft will lick his. They'll all lick his ass. Anyway, so I think that's kind of where I see the big hill to climb. But um, yeah. I don't think that uh, if if. People just have to be really, 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 really motivated. And they have to talk to people about how to build infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, 
for the for other Democrats in Missouri if you're going to be successful in a primary. So good luck to everybody. That's what I have to say. Go kick Sean, ass. Yeah, Sean, is it is it fair to say that the biggest concern is going to be that when it comes, you know, bean counting time and resource allocating time, you know, we've got an open race in Michigan. Montana's got Tester that they'd like to, I'm sure, would like to have him hold on. Uh, and it's certainly less expensive to run in than even Missouri from a media market standpoint. Um, you know, Ohio uh, with Sherrod Brown, West Virginia, I guess there's a Democrat at stake in that seat. Uh, Arizona uh, is going to be, I don't know, Arizona is going to be wacky, maybe. Like, right. there'd be all kinds of stuff maybe. going on in Arizona. <laughs> like, <laughs> it already is wacky. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Kirsten Cinema is appropriately dressed because it is going to be a, a Looney Tunes kind of race. Like, is that maybe, you know, what winds up being the decider in a race like Missouri is they look at it in March and they go, 10 points? Eh. Right, right. Yeah, so and they being the DNC and the larger political apparatus that could help support well, a the D the D triple C is the the big mother load or D S C in this case yeah right yeah yeah excuse me yeah um right so I think you know you're right to mention the other states because you know we see them all move together so you know Tammy Baldwin right. is a Democratic senator in Wisconsin it's not I think you know, considered a, a toss up or anything like that. But I think the Republicans absolutely see it as a target. I'm sure she's thinking she wants to raise a hundred million dollars. You know, mm -hmm. um, the, the numbers that Ralph Warnock put up last right. cycle, you know, I think it went from a hundred million to 155 million right. in a matter of months, you know, towards the end. Um, so, so, right. So if they're looking really secure and then, you know, there's going to be lots of eyes on these polls. So if it looks like, you know, that that, you know, swing states are becoming safe blue states as we get closer to the election, then people will start getting excited about Missouri. If it's looking like they're staying super tight, then and if, you know, Josh Hawley is up 13 and Trump is up 17, you know, yeah. six months from now, I don't see, you know, that'll probably be, you know, the way it happens until the election. Let's move on to the yeah, no here. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. The yeah, no. Uh, coming back to Missouri, we started in Missouri. We went broader, and now we're going to shrink back down a little bit. Uh, the Missouri Attorney General's office under Andrew Bailey jumped into a case that was not a Missouri case. He just went ahead and jumped in and, uh, then a couple months later, his campaign pack got a $50,000 donation from the company that he sided with in the lawsuit in his amicus brief. Um, so an amicus brief for those who don't speak a hundred percent, uh, law student nerd is a legal filing in support of something. And it's not required uh, procedurally. It is not necessary for a lawsuit. Doesn't make you a party to the lawsuit. Doesn't make you one of the people who's affected by it. It's just a statement to the court. Um, and is otherwise, other than a show of support, can be basically meaningless. In important cases, you'll see dozens filed on either side uh, by 
prominent scholars and media people, whoever wants to try to weigh in and move the Supreme Court. So it's it's kind of like a letter of recommendation um, in, in a certain way. It's literally what Howley filed in the Hobby Lobby case, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So that's how these all these conservative. So this was Bailey right. being like, I'm I filed an this. argument with the Supreme Court. Yeah. That said okay. this. That's okay. precisely yeah. what it is. It's a campaign move. Uh, the uh, case accuses Doe Run, which is a Manchester company, and others of causing lead poisoning uh, to children in the Peruvian Andes. And so he filed in support of the company that was accused of lead poisoning and then got $50,000 two months later. Where was the suit filed? Uh, The suit is filed in the United States. Um, Okay, so it's a federal case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Basically, heard... there's a question of whether or not it should be in the United States or in Peru. Okay. Um, okay. And so he filed uh, an amicus brief uh, regarding that. It that, should to- that, it should totes, that it should totes be in the United States. And uh, yeah. So say, so say I, and I'm also in favor of the uh, company that probably poisoned people. Right. So they gave him $50,000 uh, about two months after he filed this. And then on top of that, um, he made uh, a statement about the initiative petitions and that they would cost uh, millions of dollars. I think it was 20 something million dollars to voters because his office would hire private counsel because he's put, he's made his position clear on the right to life. And so his office can't possibly defend $21 million because his office file an injunction against him right now and be like, you can't hire anybody. Hey, I want a court order. Like, Shut this guy. <laughs> it's like we're not doing the twenty-one well, million. All right, so I'll tell you that remember, right now. remember when Eric Schmidt went to uh, the Missouri legislature and said, "I would like more money to sue more school districts," and mm-hmm. eventually they were like, "You don't get any more money for this mm-hmm. shit." So this is uh, such a stupid flex. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess like all I love of it, this, it's because he's not going to defend the people's initiative. Like presuming yeah. the people are not the people's initiative, in enacting the constitutional the amendment, yeah. the law is what the he law. would. Let me yeah. read you something really quickly, uh, Sean. You may recognize some of this, uh, perhaps. Uh, it's the same in other states. I do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Missouri. That's the beginning of the oath you take when you sign your license to be a lawyer in the state of Missouri. Oh, wow. That's funny because I also pulled up (laughs) the Missouri Constitution before we started. And the part that I have highlighted is where it says at the beginning, all political power is vested in and derived from the people. Oh, interesting. That all government of right originates from the people. Hmm. And uh, so I think he has to defend the people's laws, right? One would you think. Know, it'd be, you know, you know, it'd be great if he said something. If he quibbled with the Missouri Constitution and said something like, "Listen, when it was written, women couldn't vote, and slavery was still legal." So they clearly just meant me. Like that, <laughs> I would have more respect for him if he rolled it like that at this point, because at least that is a position against the the phrasing of the language in the U.S. the Missouri Constitution. Yeah. Um, I know you went to a law program that taught him these things because we went to the same one. So I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again because it's very disappointing to me. But it doesn't say the parts of the Constitution that I politically agree with. It doesn't say the parts of the Constitution that I haven't staked out a political position on. It doesn't say the parts of the Constitution that I don't have moral obligations to go against based on my own religious beliefs. It just says the Constitution of the state of Missouri, the whole thing. That's it. 
one big word, the Constitution, two words, I guess, but taken, you know what I mean, one well, thing. Okay, so here's my question, and then I don't want to talk about him anymore, because uh, he's an, I, it's horrible that he's got any power, but he wasn't elected by the people. Appointed. So that's, so whatever. Um, is he sincere in his closely held religious beliefs, Adam Summer, yes or no? Um, like on a scale of one being look, not all that cynical to I, ten being like Trump levels of cynicism, where does this fall? Okay, you have a better idea about I, this I, than I, I, I don't, do. I don't. I will say. Okay, my official answer is I do not know. However, okay. what I would say is that if I was looking to get into politics in the state of Missouri, and I wanted to win races in a state where Josh Hawley has a 13-point polling lead and Donald Trump won by double digits even in 2020, I would be doing a lot of the same things that Andrew Bailey is doing. And I would have done a lot of the same things so that Eric so Schmidt did. So it's still just AG's office as campaign platform. Oh, 100%. Period. Yeah, this is a political move. Well, 1,000%. This is a political maneuver, not a legal maneuver. Um, I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, even his statement about I have staked out a position, he means a political position. He has staked out a political position, and so he thinks it's untenable for him to use the office to uh, defend it, and that's why he's going to use outside counsel because of his political position that he staked out. So, yeah, do I think that it's 100% genuine? No. No, I don't. Do I know how deep his religious beliefs are and how sincerely he believes? No, I have no idea, and I don't presume to know that about anybody. But do I think that he is using opportunistic language at opportunistic times to make opportunistic points? Yeah, because uh, of course he is, because he's running in a race. Uh, he, he may have a real race on his hands in the general, but in the primary, he's got a very serious race on his hands with Will Scharf, who's going to come up in a minute in connection to Donald Trump. So, um, yeah, he's doing the, the problem is that what we wind up with is Eric Schmidt, which is a perfect example of like, like when you're like when Sean and I were in our late teens and like everything we did was ironic, everything, our clothing was ironic, our behavior was ironic, our words were ironic, everything about us was ironic. And then eventually you get stuck in like behaving that way because you're trying so hard to find the, like the opportunity to do it, to like be funny and get a laugh or whatever. And then it becomes the way you behave and then you're just a shithead. And that's what happened. I think with these guys, that's my read on it. Can't Let's move with on. That. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Donald Trump. All right, uh, a little Trump date from the Trump universe. Uh, there's a lot of very important things going on, and a lot of big stories. And I think that there is some potential for this to actually. This is crazy to say, but the Trump legal issues might get a little bit drowned out. <laughs> in the media from a full coverage because of the much more important things globally that are going on. Um, so what the reason that this caught my eye was earlier in the week, last uh, this past week, Kenneth Cheesebro, who is one of the lawyers connected to Donald Trump, um, a story comes out on ABC News and it says he is absolutely going to trial, that he's not taking a plea. And I was like, oh, man, that's wow, that's a big deal because Sidney Powell just took a plea which made me think like, oh, we're about to just see plea after plea after plea after plea. So him seeing that, him saying, I'm going to trial, was a really, really big deal. And then like 
two days later, later, he cuts a, a deal and he takes a plea and then his lawyer comes out and and says he never believed any of it at, at all. Like it was all, you know, he, he always knew that Trump was just, you know, full of it or whatever. And I'm just like, can you imagine committing a crime to help a crook like that? And you're and the whole time you're doing it, you're just like, you guys know that this is all wrong, right? Anyway, hand me that stapler. Like, there's no way that he didn't, like, it's such an insane thing to say that he didn't believe anything that was going on. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the Kraken, uh, she took a, so no no unleashing of the Kraken, she took a plea deal. Sidney Powell, uh, Trump got a new gag order in his documents case. Uh, he got threatened in his fraud case to be put in jail if he didn't shut the hell up. Um, and he got smacked by special counsel uh, in... Uh, the in response to uh, one of the filings that they made, so it was just all kinds of things, you know, sort of a grab bag. Rachel, what you know, what was the the well, the I'll, that you pulled I'll, out of the grab I'll bag? say the best thing that happened to Donald Trump's bad press was his pick for House Speaker not getting past the third vote. <laughs> um, that's what. Oh yeah, I it forgot out. about that drowning. Yeah, out yeah, Trump that, that well. like the one two the two trains running of like Biden doing an address and you know. Uh, trying to, let's just say, you know, cool the temperatures uh, in the Israeli war yeah. and uh, trying to figure out what the hell Putin's thinking, like, you know, actually being a statesman, something Donald Trump doesn't certainly know anything about. Um, and uh, and then in the midst of all that, Jim Jordan's like, of course, I'm I'm going to. Oh, never mind. And like that, you know, so that happened. That's the best thing that's happened to Donald Trump in a long time. I, I want to talk a little bit about the smackdown that he got from Judge and is it Engergon or Endergon? Engergon, whatever Engeron. his name is. Engeron? Engeron. Um, because that was I just want to talk, I want to hear you guys talk about the smackdown the judge gave Trump. Because I've heard you say so many times, Adam, when we talk about these emphatic things mm -hmm. that these judges say to Donald Trump about how he needs to conduct himself in court and how he needs to carry himself as the defendant in many of these mm -hmm. ongoing various cases. And you said it's very rare for a judge to really come out this aggressively. Mm -hmm. And this by far is the most aggressive thing. So we, I would like to hear us if we're going to talk about Trumpville, Yeah, but like, it is really fascinating though. Like, and then, and then before we go that, cause that's what I really want to hear. Uh, how about the fact that it's a RICO conspiracy in Georgia and his two of his attorneys now have been like, yeah. I was wrong. I was lying. I knew I was lying. Sign. I knew I was breaking the law. I was well aware of I was. I knew every word that was coming out of my mouth was a total and complete lie. Guilty. I am guilty because yeah. I don't want to go to prison. Yeah. So now judge. And Engeron, 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 yeah. whatever. He said, by the way, I, for everybody's making fun of me, I'm not reading that. That's off the top of my head. So suck it. That's my memory being flawed. <laughs> so um, you remember the man's name. Uh, anyway, Judge Arthur Engeron, I am reading it. Uh, Engeron, there we go. I was close. Who, for the, the best way to describe him is he, I believe, must be the real life person that the law professor in rounders that loans Matthew, uh, Matt Damon, $10,000 to get out of his gambling debt, uh, was based on, uh, I assume. 
So anyway, he is the presiding judge in the $250 million civil fraud trial. This is from uh, a CNBC report. I'm going to read this and then, uh, Sean, you can react. So <laughs> what it says in the report is, uh, earlier in the day, Judge Arthur Angeron was livid when he revealed that Trump failed to comply with the order and raised the possibility of putting the former president in prison. Angeron said Trump had posted, by the way, if the guy's last name is Angeron, you can just say the judge. Angeron said Trump had posted on his social media account, quote, an untrue and disparaging post about my clerk. We talked about this, end quote, and that he, quote, ordered him to remove the post immediately, and he said he did take it down, end quote, except he didn't take it down, said the narrator. The judge continued, despite this order, last night I learned the offending post was never removed from a website. This is a blatant violation of the gag order. I made it clear that failure to comply will result in serious sanctions. Sean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He left his, uh, yeah. Uh, his foot is still his up there on his website until like the day and before. Will you please, will you please say which website it was that he left the post on? This is campaign. This website. is campaign uh -huh. website. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Let me finish. No the one's look. No one's looking at that thing every day during yeah. a presidential yeah. campaign. Nobody's paying attention to that website. Who needs it? I love the. Let me finish the quote. Incendiary untruths can and have led to serious physical harm. I will not allow the defendant to explain why this should not end up with serious sanctions or I could or I will allow I will now allow the defendant to explain why this should not end up with serious sanctions or I could possibly imprison him Engeron said It's crazy it's like what Trump is testing here cuz like I bumped into somebody at like the co-working space that I work at and we kind of like he's a you know, usually non-voter, someone who showed up for Trump, but a guy who, you know, somewhat operates on the margins, honestly, mm -hmm. um, very disillusioned about politics. And he said something about like, you know, what's the big deal trying to steal, steal an election? Like, how is that a crime? And, you know, I was just like, well, in this case, in Georgia, you know, this isn't the, the gag order case, but you know, the, the false elector thing, um, you know, just like the state makes it illegal for you to mess with state employees trying to carry out a state law. And like, this is the same with the courts, you know, it's like right. Trump is trying to interfere. It's an intimidation game. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what you learn in social movements and things is that the government has the monopoly on violence. Right. 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 And, you know, what January 6th was and what Trump continues to insist on doing is like pushing it as far as he fucking can to make it almost like, no, I can be violent against the state and get away with it. And it's like, you can't. Can I can I pose a slightly different theory about why it wasn't taken off of his website? Not that I'm disagreeing with a word that you just said, by the way. Like, I don't disagree with this. I just don't think that's why it didn't come off the website. No, but I just mean, that's what it makes me think oh, of. Sure, it's like you're sure. trying to, you know, it's like the state has control yes, over who gets yes. to use violence of course you know, and if you yeah. test that you're going to get locked up eventually yeah so the reason i think he didn't take it off of his website isn't i don't think this was one of trump's notable like thumping his chest moves i think it's because his his campaign is going to be on the losing end of his attention for a long time right because he's got really serious things that he's going to deal with and he's learning 
I, I would not want to go through what he's going. It would be, it would be too much for me. And I'm a much younger woman than he is. Right. Like those types of like, you know, that's, that's like jail time here, money here. You've lost your businesses. Can't do business in New York anymore. The judge tells you to shut up again. The other judge tells you to shut up again. The everybody's laughing out of court because your motions are stupid. Like your your half your counsel's incompetent. All this other stuff. So the campaign is like doesn't probably know what to do. Right. I don't think he's got the A team anymore. I say this all the time. Like this is not a guy who has an A team left. He's got like the A's of the B's right now. He's got the best B team that exists. Right. Okay. He's got. He's got the lousiest house and the nicest block from like a talent perspective. When I think what probably comes to like his campaign staff. And so they probably didn't know that they should, because he took it off of social. It didn't occur to somebody to take it off of his website because that's how dumb they all are. So that's right. That's, all the A minus students are indicted and the A students are working for people. Yeah. The, the A minus. Yeah. The A, well, the A minus or students that didn't get it implicated in his like criminal conspiracies have gone back to working for people like Ted Cruz and right. other like normalish normie core like Republican people and they're right. they're sitting on just, panels on CNN going woo Trump or they're or they're just like whatever <laughs> I'm just gonna get paid and he's an asshole but it, like he, at least I'm not gonna go to jail if I work right. for Tim Scott or whatever like I'm not gonna go to yeah. jail if I work for anyone in the Senate who's not last going name anywhere if you happens to Scott, be but... Scott yeah. So, so, so like I could work with Rick if I want to work with a Scott who's a Republican who isn't going to see that I end up in jail. Um, yeah. So I think they've just like the, the competent people have kind of been resucked into like the, the normie ish part of the uh, campaign ecosystem. And yeah. that's just kind of where my head's at on the whole thing, but I don't want to stop Sean from continuing well, to talk about like these ridiculous, like, well, let, let me let to... me add on to it um, outside of just the Trump playing fuck fuck with his judge in Georgia, which is a big no, no uh, in the legal world. Um, this is from the special counsel's response to. So the, the Trump's lawyers filed a motion to dismiss the documents case saying that he has immunity as the president. Right. You can't sue the king. And so uh, his, his sovereign immunity should apply to this case because he was acting as president. And the argument against, basically, this is this is from the document, the principle that no one is above the law underlies the universal consensus that a president may be subject to criminal prosecution at some point, but the defendant can identify no support for his broad claim that he is forever entitled to absolute immunity. And then, it of course, goes on to point out the part that I think is by far the most important part of these arguments, outside of the fact that there is no such thing as absolute total immunity. That's insane. And but, that this happened after he was president, a lot of this stuff. But yeah, <laughs> some of it did. Yeah, but more importantly, the allegations, this is from the document, the allegations focus principally on the defendant's actions as a candidate for elective office. He he just cuz he was the president while he was running for office, there's a distinction between if he's acting as the president or is he acting as the candidate. It's a very important distinction because right. candidates for office can't do anything right. to the it's government the function. Act. Yeah, it's a very simple thing. The candidate for president doesn't get the nuclear codes. The candidate for president can't order military strikes. The candidate for president doesn't have sovereign immunity. Candidate right. Donald Trump gets free speech and gets to stand up in front of a group of people and say, march to the Capitol. Sean. Yeah, so this is why Mark Meadows got so quickly laughed out of court right. when he asserted this defense. Right. And the judge just asked, like, 
So wait a minute. So you're saying this is part of your official duties as chief of staff working for the office of the president. He's like, yeah, right. He's like, so how again is leaning on the Georgia secretary of state to find 11,000 votes? <laughs> <laughs> how can that possibly exactly... be part of the federal function of the constitutional line? Right. Of like, like how is that part of the official duties? again? <laughs> Which clause in article two yeah. did we find that one? <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely wild. Um, I don't know. There's a lot on it. It just the Cheeseboro thing just got me so much that like that's how crazy this all is. That it, it's not like some random place put out a bad story on Cheeseboro. ABC News, ABC News had the report that Cheeseboro was rejecting his plea offer and was going to trial, right. which could have just been a leverage play by his lawyers. I mean, honestly, it very easily could have been that they thought it was so unreasonable that they said, look, if you don't amend this, we're going to the press. We're going to the press. We're talking about trial. And you guys can deal with that as to why you can't get people to plead guilty. And if you want to deal with that, you know, then we'll go on. But you guys want people to plead guilty because that's going to make you look better. Right. And, well, and on the classified document stuff, too, you know, part of that case, because it is so hard to get the 91, keep the 91 felony straight. Like, I don't want to, like, cut yeah. down their argument when just thinking of the wrong case. So like if they're saying the Mar-a-Lago We need a good classified... mnemonic device for it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it's the same question. It's like, so you were talking with the people who were writing Mark Meadows book in this case. Right. It's right. like, it's like, so wait, how exactly <laughs> was that? How does the tour book? group going by the bathroom have anything to do with the executive <laughs> functioning of the presidency after you were president while you were at a golf resort. S sir, would yeah. you like to answer Talking the question? Talking to the Mar-a-Lago security guard about deleting this. It's like... <laughs> God, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Has he been in court to go like this? Not guilty. Has he had to do that yet? No, nah, your lawyer his, says it. With his little teeth sticking out. Not so... Your lawyer uh, says it really anymore. The judge says, right. you know, I assume entering a plea of you're, not you're guilty. Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. We waive all reading of charges right. and yeah, we'll be back in 30 days. Like, yeah, That's the defendants say almost if, nothing. If uh, if he survives all of this, I'm not convinced he will, by the way. Uh, that's going to be the name of his book. The name of his presidential memoir is going to be called Net Guilty. And his little teeth. Is gonna He's going to write like, the OJ book. He's going to write the If I Had yeah, Done It book. If I Had Done It, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> not guilty uh yeah it, that's it's really uh a harrowing time in the world when we know people have not been following the four criminal cases or i should well some civil some criminal you pick you you guys call it whatever you will four major court cases uh against yeah. a former president because the republican leadership and the house of representatives still can't elect a leader for the first time ever in american history like that's uh same party same party that's a dark i don't like i don't i know that in missouri this is what i'll like say to like functional republicans who still think that you have a shot to save your party you're wrong um that uh yeah i i i don't i don't know what, it's it's so it's so uh yeah, I don't have anything to say to you except like um you guys are going to have to figure out how to you're, you're going to have to find a new team cuz this this is over. I like this is it. I I, I don't know. Like they they're either going to take the country down with them or they're going to take themselves down 
and they'll only have places like Missouri where they can bully people. I'm gonna bet on the country on this one. I think we're gonna. Are you? I think we're gonna. I think it. they're gonna yeah. take. They're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna bet. Oh, you're you're on. You're saying. Yeah, I'm on side country. Down. Oh, yeah, you're saying they're gonna take themselves gonna down. It. I've got tickets to see Jason okay. Isbell in May next year, and I think right. I'm gonna right. be just fine. I don't think I'm right. gonna lose any sleep. All right. About making that trip to Colorado to see my friend Sean and and my favorite musician. So, uh, let's move on to the big one. And now. The big one. All right. Um, yeah, you know, I I feel good about Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift too. I think I think things are looking up for for all of us. She was at the game again today. She was having a great time. She and Patrick Mahomes' wife Brittany, who's a badass in her own right, uh, they're uh, they had a, they have a cool handshake now. They spin around. It's just a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. So, you know, I had a email from Pottery Barn today, and uh, the subject line was "We're in our football era." Yeah, winky face, heart. Yeah, football, and it was yeah um, nauseating. My wife will be up to three different Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift related pieces of clothing uh, as of this week. So, uh, but I'm in. I'm all in on it. I'm I'm embracing it. I think it's great, uh, and I'm there for it. Has nothing to do with this story. Uh, this is uh, the big one, and it is about uh, red states, really. Missouri is one of these states. Alabama is one of these states. This story concentrates on Alabama. It's an NPR story. And the context here is, if if folks recall, um, a year or two ago, mostly about two years ago, after the 2020 election, Republican secretaries of states started making announcements about pulling out of these electronic voting software programs. So this particular one was called the Electronic Registration Information Center, or ERIC, ERIC, which uh, Alabama uh, was a member of. And then the current secretary of state, uh, Allen is his last name, he took office and they pulled out of it. Uh, He and several other Republican secretaries of state abandoned the ERIC group uh, and it was all about conspiracy theories and it was all George Soros and, you know, just this like insane, absolutely no factual support uh, type stuff that was going on out there. And so they announced this big deal. He got in front of uh, a podium, which is pretty cool because over in Arkansas, they're struggling with that right now. And he talked about this brand new program called AVID, the Alabama Voter Integrity Database. Um, so basically what he said is, you know, there was this great program that was nationwide that everybody was using, but we decided that a billionaire Jew was part of that program and we don't like that in Alabama. And so we had to get him out of Alabama. And now we're going to just go back to doing what we used to do in Alabama, which take care of all of our voter rolls right here in the great state of Alabama, where we've never had any problems historically with maintaining accurate voter rolls that weren't completely, uh, you know, abused and used to suppress voters or for completely racist things. Uh, Sean? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's one of these examples of like where the insane rhetoric actually like leached into the real world. Right. And uh, this nonpartisan, very functional thing that I think almost every state was part of, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, then just became... um, yeah, something that. Yeah, it was rude. universal federal data access bipartisan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and like, meanwhile, other states are doing things. I'm, you know, just to kind of make myself feel better, like, and that it's not all going terrible. 
um, you know, Minnesota and New Mexico and Colorado, like we have stuff like automatic voter registration. Right. And you know what that means is if you have a driver's license, then the state knows that you're maybe voting age and you have an address and they can just register you to vote automatically and you're automatically registered. And then if you move, they can Sounds automatically like update your address. <laughs> um, and, you know, things like Eric help with that. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're just going to have least, you know, less and less credible elections in right. these red states, which is the outcome. It's terrible. Which is what they also want, by right. the way. I don't they talk think about they... ele- integrity, but. I think they want that in blue states. I think yeah. the last thing you want in a red state is any question about whether or not the Republicans who won there really won. That's what's to me. Not is if you're like the Republican really... who's already in office. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's what's perverse <laughs> about it is that, like, right. they like there shouldn't be anything. These are the states that pulled out. Sorry, nobody. You didn't kick, kick it to me, Adam. I just started talking. No, this is um, perfect. Okay. These are the states that pulled out. The, the states that are still in are like Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Alaska, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Georgia, South Carolina. Anyway, goes goes on and on. Um, the ones that pulled out, Iowa, Ohio, Missouri, West Virginia, Virginia, uh, Alabama, Florida, Texas, and Louisiana. Yep. So, um, what do all those places currently have in common? They have Republican secretaries of state or Republican trifectas. Right. So I think what's talk about like the moment when like something stupid happens on arrested development and one of the dumb brothers is like, I stopped paying this bill. <laughs> and then someone's like, why? Well, we really need to, you know, uh, you did. What was Jason Bateman's character's name? Mike. Uh, Michael, well, you said we needed the money, and he's like, "That was the insurance." George Michael Blue. You stop. You stop paying the insurance. Yeah, the check. This Joe is, this... was supposed to put the check in the mail, but he throws yeah. it in the ocean. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so <laughs> this is. I just kind of made that up. I, I just kind of made that up, but I was like, I'm sure that actually happened on the show. Yeah. Um. So this is like so Alabama. So West Allen was so proud of himself when he was like, "I'll show those liberal." Wait, right. what? Oh, no. The best part, the quote from the story that Josh Daniels, former Republican county clerk in Utah, this quote, he said, these states have decided that instead of using a wheel, they're going to invent a spherical device that will allow them to easily transport and roll (laughs) items from A to B. That is amazing. Oh, this, by the way, like this they have is tons real... of extra money for that in Alabama too, right? <laughs> right now, the state is going to pay for the software development because they're going to we... have to have their own software. Did you read the headline? This is an NPR. Did you actually read the headline during that? Like it just says oh, everything. No, not just now, yeah. Republican okay. states swore off a voting tool. Now they're scrambling to. Oh my it. god! <laughs> Talk about like what did you do? Well, we took something that wasn't broken. And we broke it. Oh, we fixed okay. the glitch. I love what Adrian Fontes <laughs> from uh, Arizona said. Uh, he said, I'm not skeptical that they will fail. I know, I know they, will, they fail. will fail. He's <laughs> the Secretary of State, of State, of State from State Arizona State. who won. Thank God. So I think, like, what this, like, talk, like, again, like, you don't, if you're in, if you're in Missouri and there's a close race for Senate, let's just assume it's close. Let's just assume it's closer than last time. Probably will be. It'll probably be closer 
Howley v. Whoever is probably going to be closer than Howley v. Uh, McCaskill, presumably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my that's my money's on that, kids. Um, and let's say that there is just on the day of just wild, weird irregularities. Uh, it goes to the it's in the national media. People are gonna it's gonna whatever is gonna happen in 2024. It's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be. It's going to be spiteful and it's going to be terrible. And I'm sorry. I don't know if it's, yeah. necessarily if it's going to be violent, but it's going to be a not not smooth experience uh, for us out here and out here in the hinterlands. Uh, so the minute that that stuff. So Louisiana is another state where, yeah, they just elected a Republican, but they had a Democratic governor before. So these are all places where, like, I don't know, things could get close. And now they've sh- they've taken this gigantic elephant rifle that they didn't need to go buy, and then they stuffed it full of ammo that they didn't need to also buy, and they aimed it at their stupid foot, and then they pulled this dumb trigger, and everybody's what like what happened? And they're right. like, "Well, you said it was all fake. You said it was exactly. all broken, so we just broke it more. Isn't that what? Aren't we good boys? And like everybody's gonna be like, no, like yeah. that's where I feel like we're headed." This uh, from later in the article, Sean. So Michael Morse, an election law professor from uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, noted as having researched Eric and voter registration. He's, his quote was that about the moment that he noticed states weren't sharing DMV data as part of the new this new agreement, this new system, uh, that he stopped taking the efforts seriously. The, the quote is, that's a red flag. As soon as they say that, it's the end of the game. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's the most accurate information about living voters, names, ages, and address. And, you know, when a state like Alabama drops off the map, it's like, okay, we're not going to be able well, to. Well, it's a great irony, too, because these are also the mostly states where they're pushing, you know, voter ID, driver's license laws to, to bring your state issued ID anyway. Like, if that's going to be your your number one mode of voter identification, then why in the world wouldn't you base the voter rolls off of the thing? Like, if that's the thing that allows me to verify who I am to vote, why wouldn't that be the thing for me to register to vote? It's just right. It's totally short sighted. It's reaction driven. Always. It's crazy. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't even begin to make sense. I'm not going to say anything smarter than what Sean just said. By the way, that's, yeah, that's like well, and, it's. Re- what was it again? It's reaction driven, yeah. short sighted, short sighted. <laughs> it's da da da. It's that all of that. And it, it, and it that dovetails it nicely into like uh, you know Rachel, you had posted in our in our full group Slack channel about um, you know the speaker vote and how insane it is and uh, this Guardian article. Uh, the the headline speaker fiasco lays bare ungovernable dysfunction of House Republicans, and like I I I can't help but see the they, correlation between yeah. these things, right? Yeah, of course, of course, and like there's some of this, you know, there are plenty, there are a few billionaires who are leaning back and doing like the evil lap and rubbing their hands together and being like, right. finally I broke it, I finally did it, um. And, you know, they should be very proud of themselves because there are a lot of uh, there are dark money groups that have been trying very hard for a very long time. To right, they've been trying that... to stick a, uh, put a stick in the spokes of government every yeah, chance they Yeah, and get. like you you did it. You, you're making it impossible for a party that's in power of one of the two bicameral uh, let, pieces of the of our Congress um, can't introduce legislation. And 
I, I think that the problem that they're having though is that it's them that did it. It's not like they can right. point. It's not like it's not like they put the stick out and uh no, the know, shooting Bill in Clinton, the own foot is a very good point. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's like a they, very important like, component. It's of not this. like they it's not like we're not back at the days of like Ken Starr where he's like he was stooping the intern and they're like he lied about it. Boom, we got him. Right. It's not like this. This isn't us being stupid for like you know, this is this is like you are in power right now right. and you cannot get anything done. And I think that one of the things that the control of the House during Trump's era wallpapered over is that Nancy Pelosi is a very I don't care how you I've, I've said this before about people who are like, oh, fuck her. OK, look. Yeah, I don't care how you feel about her. I'm not here for a popular. I'm not here for a purity contest. And my feelings about her and some of the things that she's done that I don't like and many of the things that I do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that the woman is a leader, that she kept her caucus together all the time. That's it. She just there was very like she kept the government running many times. She right. made sure that people got checks during COVID. She had to bypass Trump and go to. So people were kind of a, they like, that's what, sh that's what leadership is supposed to do. Right. And well, it, I was just going to say like, and there's no reason for Joe Biden to do anything ex else except for what he's doing, which is saying, I want an aid package. Right. No, you're exactly right. Like Kevin McCarthy was on meet the press. It's so refreshing to watch. I'm meet so the glad press I didn't now. watch that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Kristen Welker. She's great. Um, yeah. I I'm should really start every watch, day. Go I ahead. should really start watching it now that, uh, now that comb over is gone. Like I should really check it out now that he's right. Oh, I mean, he it was... might be a, a lovely show again. I used to like meet the press. <laughs> it's not like I get more affectionate for Chuck Todd as time goes by. I realize, like, man, I really did like, not like that guy yeah. at all. I really easy. <laughs> I wish that I had had the mic unmuted when you when you said that because that was a loud laugh. That was <laughs> there's not but, a day goes by where I miss Chuck Todd any less. That's but, amazing. So McCarthy was on today and uh he was the first guest, I'm pretty or maybe after Anthony Blinken. Um but hey, Blinken. she her first question was does it show Americans that Republicans are completely dysfunctional because you guys can't get a speaker? And he looked straight at the camera and said, well, it was the Democrats <laughs> <laughs> along with eight Republicans who caused this chaos. And then he said, and every person who has a child's about... eyes rolled directly back in their head right. while they listened to him deflect onto a sibling. Well, and she asked an amazingly smart follow-up question, which no one ever said about Chuck Todd ever. She said, <laughs> Are you to just blame? So, hold on, just hold on. <laughs> so many snaps from the Chuck Todd jokes today, sir. So many snaps. Go ahead, continue. She said, "Are you to blame for accepting these rules where one person could kick you out?" And then his answer was, "Look, everybody always had that rule except for Nancy Pelosi," and tried to kind of shift it on her being kind of like a Doesn't villain. Doesn't that make somehow, her smarter than you? Yeah, and it's like the only way to so take that so was that you know oh yeah she did manage like a really small majority and you know no one ever thought it was dysfunctional and that's you guys are completely dysfunctional <laughs> yeah I, yeah i i i was going to say yeah, well, to be like so you don't so you don't so kevin mccarthy you don't like politics then you're yeah. not a fan of politics <laughs> right. sir? Oh, that's so 
what's so crazy is like we're gonna see some real chaos to use the you know the word of the day and the the era because we're in our chaos era yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know the idea that republicans need to pick someone moderate like the base is going to revolt and the voters are with the base and trump Mm -hmm. is with the base like in their heart the voters are with jim jordan and i was listening to c-span during these failed votes and every person who called in who was a republican either said I'm with Jim Jordan. I don't understand why the Republicans won't get behind someone strong who will go after Joe Biden. And then the other people would say, you know, maybe we could get Liz Cheney. Some other Republicans were like, yeah, maybe it should be someone like Liz Cheney. And it's like, okay, so you're the irrelevant voices. And, you know, the the resounding majority wants someone like Jim Jordan. So like the amount of tension, you know, there's going to be a very, a crazy revolt if it looks like it's going to be someone who will work with the Democrats. And I think yeah. that's the litmus test. Wild. Well, that'll do it for this week. Talking politics, Rachel, Sean, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining me. And I hope everybody has a great week. And remember we're here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you're paying attention, you can find a, a collective bargain. And of course, dirt road Democrat over on its own channel with Jess Piper, lots of smart stuff going on over there. Uh, everybody have a wonderful rest of your Monday and a great rest of the week. Thanks for hanging out guys. Thank you. Thanks. Heartland Pod is a production of MidMap Media LLC. Producers Adam Summer, Rachel Parker, and Sean Diller. Outro song by American Aquarium, written by BJ Barnum, called The World is on Fire. Learn more about the Heartland Pod at heartlandpod.com. Learn more about American Aquarium at americanaquarium.com. That's when I saw a tear fall from her eyes She said, what are we gonna do? What's this world coming to? For the first time in my whole life I stood there speechless
Fire. If anyone bears. 